the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. You know that means this is the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering Bible questions, life questions. Today, we might even take some Easter or Good Friday questions, whatever is on your heart. All you have to do is to call us, 340-9585. That's area code 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Hey, thanks for tuning in. A quick program announcement. We will not be live tomorrow. Uh, We're having Good Friday services here, Uh, so tomorrow will be a rebroadcast, and I think we're actually going to rebroadcast last year's Good Friday program, so um, that's what we're going to do, and uh, we'll we'll see you all on Monday. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, babe. Appreciate you being here. This is... um, as you know, my favorite weekend of the year. Um, this morning you were talking about it and you got all teary and said, I'm really emotional today. Now I'm getting emotional and I didn't expect that at all. It's just it's just a day when you think about what Jesus is going through um, that we really have to take pause and reestablish our own priorities. And we've got to be sure that our heart is where his heart was on that day. You know, the church calls uh, this day Monday Thursday. Um, I call it day five of Passion Week. But the church calls it Monday Thursday. The word Monday comes from the word uh, that means commandment and refers to Jesus' command. Um, I give you this new command to love one another. And um, that's what Jesus did in demonstrating his passion for us as he went to the cross. Um, so, Paul, if you don't mind, I'd like to just start out by talking about about this day, uh, and a little bit about the next day that we're gonna we're gonna be talking. We, we won't because we won't be here live tomorrow. Um, but this was the day Thursday when the upper room was prepared. He sent his disciples to make preparations for the upper room so that he and his disciples could eat Passover. Jesus, of course, knows it's going to be his last Passover. And I think the the evening started when they got everything spread out and everything was ready. Paul, I think the evening started in a way that uh, nobody expected. Jesus came in and it was then that he washed the feet of his disciples. And what is telling to me, the way they would have been seated around the table, uh, what is more telling to me than anything else is that Jesus started with Judas. 
He would have washed his disciples' feet, but Judas would have been seated in the place that we would normally associate with the guest of honor. And as Jesus moved around, uh, he would wash Judas's feet first. He would wash Peter's feet last. Um, but Jesus was doing that as an example. Uh, you should do as I have done. In other words, serve other people. This isn't about you. Don't make it about you. Um, they would then partake of the Passover meal. It was at that point that Jesus would would uh, break the bread and stand in their midst and say, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Um, Judas still in the room at this particular point. And uh, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, today one of you will betray me. You can only imagine what that would have done to his heart. Just, you know, we've been betrayed in the past. I think everybody in our audience has been betrayed. And it hurts, but in this case, when you are the son of God and you've done nothing but good and you've had only the best interests in, in heart for everybody in your group, uh, Jesus now knows that he's betrayed and uh, they all want to know who it is and he leans over to John and says, the one who dips with me in the bowl. At that time, Jesus went in and dipped and, and Judas's hand was there. And uh, it was at that particular point when I'm so sorry for that dead air. That was the sneeze break. Uh, it was at that point when Jesus would pass the bread and and um, and people would partake. It was as though Jesus was saying, um, this is my body broken for you. And he was letting his disciples know, this is what the future is. This is what's in store for you. I'm going away. Judas and Jesus would have looked at each other. Judas said, is it I? And Jesus, of course, knowing it was, said, what you do, do quickly. And the betrayer leaves. And they would finish their meal together. Jesus would pick up the cup, the cup of redemption. And... Um, he would announce that this is the cup of the new covenant. You know, it's it's so wonderful for us in terms of, of news. But for, for Jesus, for his disciples, uh, they couldn't get over the sadness, the heaviness in the room. This was a, a somber, somber moment. And yet Jesus, the good news he had was that this is a, the cup of the new covenant written in my blood. Um, I always think of, of uh, Jesus speaking through the prophet Isaiah, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. And it was at that particular point that um, the meal was finished and uh, Jesus would lead his disciples across the, the Kidron Brook. By now, because of the Passover, it would have been filled with blood flowing through it, the blood of the lambs. And I, you know, and this is just the way my mind works, Paula. I always think of Jesus stepping over the brook. Now, we're talking 18 inches of flowing water, all blood. And Jesus stepping over that and seeing the blood, thinking, that's my blood. That that will be my blood in a moment. And, and um, at that particular moment, there was nothing else for him to do. So he crossed the brook Kidron. Um, and took his disciples to a place that they had been many occasions. It was a place to get alone, the Garden of Gethsemane. He would allow three of them, Peter, James, and John, uh, who would uh, come deeper in. He would then lead them and go farther in himself. And I think for me personally, Paula, the most haunting thing about this whole night is the, the sounds they would have heard you know, on a clear night, it was probably cold. Um, his his the sounds he was making would echo throughout the garden, and um, we know that he was grieving. Mm -hmm. His heart was broken. Father, if there's any way this mm -hmm. cup can pass from me, we know mm -hmm. physically he was sweating great drops of blood. The last mm -hmm. sort of chance for the body to hydrate itself before death. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was at that particular moment when um, um, just the sounds he would be making would pierce through that cool garden. And Peter, James, and John, of course, were falling asleep. And you can't blame them. It was emotions will do that to mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And um, angels came and attended Jesus. He wouldn't have survived. Had that not happened, then it was time to get ready for Good Friday. 
and we all know what happened Good Friday. You know, Paula, one of the things I'd like to ask you is um, kind of describe um, the first Good Friday service that you went to the way we do it now. Mm-hmm. And you can explain as much as you want mm-hmm. about that, but just sort of describe your response to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how we, we show up to church, and for me it's always like a family reunion, you know, from Sunday to, to Wednesday is a long time, but even though I'm here on Monday nights with the ladies in particular, but Sunday to Wednesday seems like forever. And then Wednesday to Friday is another, like, whole week. So we come to church on that Friday night, you know, it's Good Friday, and I know, you know, the, what the day signifies. Jesus is going to give his life for us. But anyway, we're outside, and we're just chit-chatting away, you know, and then we once we get through the line of coming in, you know, there's tables and pens and these papers on them um, saying, you know, what sins, you know, have you committed or what do you want to give to the Lord, you know, confessing because, you know, First John 1, 9 says if you're faithful to con- Let me make clear. Nobody looks at those papers except the people who are writing on it. Yes. And so just whatever the God, the Lord's been dealing with mm-hmm. your, your heart on mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe you've been holding back a little bit, mm-hmm. you can you can just freely offer those things to the Lord. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you fold them up and, and you're coming, you come into the foyer as small as it is. Um, but then you, you finally make your way into the sanctuary and it's pretty somber. It almost reminded me of when we went to uh, 9-11. You know, the whole city of New York is just busy honking horns and talking and yelling and, you know, just noise. And then you got to that square, and it was like you could have heard a pin drop. Well, it's like that when you come in, when I came in. It was one year after 9-11, and you're right, when when you got within a block of it, you could feel the change. It was like, ooh. Mm -hmm. And so when I came into the sanctuary that first time, unaware that that's what was going to be happening, you know, you see a big cross at the front of the church and people are in line and you're handed a hammer and some nails to nail your sins to the cross, basically. And, Ron, I'm I'm telling you, you know, I could hardly stand it, the, the Passion of the Christ movie, because in the, you know, we know Jesus was, was beaten, um, but in the Passion of the Christ, you kind of saw a, a better picture, even though you could still recognize him as a person, because was, the word says he was unrecognizable as a human. Anyway, I could not stand to look at the cross, because it seemed like I was almost picturing Jesus still on the cross. But just the sound of the many nails going into that cross when you think that Jesus took on all the sins of all the yeah. people, and that's just a small you know group here in this sanctuary i could not I couldn't hardly look up, and all I could like when I first got my feet washed, I couldn't look into that person's eyes because. It was like Jesus was saying, yeah, you're you're filthy, but you're my dirty girl kind of thing, and I'm washing you clean. And it was like that. It was like I didn't want to leave, of course, the sanctuary, but I was kind of like the mm. James and John, you know, just want to go to sleep and then it'll be over. <laughs> it was kind of like that. And yet it was so what you did for me. Kind of, kind of moment. It became very personal. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, the, 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 we never do anything to um, manipulate the emotional environment here. Yeah. Um, uh, on this one day, we, we lower the lights a little bit, and that's so people can still, they're still coming into the sanctuary. Yeah. Worship is going on. Uh, our worship team is playing. And for at least 30 minutes before church starts, People are coming in. That line of people is over there by the cross. And that that constant nailing is going on for at least 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And people are, are you know, I mean, I'm still hugging people. They come by because they got to walk by my chair. Mm-hmm. We do that. But but it, it's just a completely 
different, very personal atmosphere. And and it's almost as though, you know, I, I put my stuff on there. I'll put my stuff up there noon or so tomorrow and and have some time just to think about it. But then um, when people are going by and they're nailing those pieces of paper to the cross um, and, and the rest of the church is worshiping, um, uh, it's, it's an amazing environment. And um, we've been doing this, I, can, I don't even know how many Me years, either. but probably 15 years or so. I, I can only guess. You know, we, <laughs> it's a funny story, Paul, the cross. Uh, we had a, some people come to the church, and the guy, the man, got really mad at me. And I said, what's the matter with you? And he said, you don't have a cross. I don't believe you don't have a cross. And I said, well, we, that's our logo is that the dove descending like when Jesus was baptized. And he goes, but this is a church. You've got to have a cross. Mm-hmm. I just said, well, I'm sorry to have disappointed you. but but." And the next thing I know, he went and built us this cross. I know. And it's, it's really big. <laughs> our church is really small. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going to put it? So, yeah. But see, we've used it for all these years. Yeah. And it really brings it home personally. And then on... Um, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we have that cross with all those uh, things nailed to it, mm-hmm. and, and and a different color of. Yeah, on Friday, it the cross is draped with purple. Yeah, you know, and then on Sunday, it's draped in the fine whiteness yeah. of our Lord, who's cleansed us from all of those sins that yeah. are nailed. To the tree cross. And I'm able to use it sort of as a prop to, to make reference to several times during the course of the message because I want Good Friday and uh, Resurrection Sunday to be so personal. You know, we we carry such baggage and so much guilt and the enemy heaps condemnation on us, Paul. And, and um, you know, the, the one thing we humans are great at is guilt. Yeah. And um, to be able to draw attention to it on Sunday because the tomb was empty to say mm-hmm. that, that guilt has no room in your life anymore. The price has been paid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, I, I, you know, we've not even considered changing what we do on Good Friday mm-hmm. and Easter Sunday as a result. This year, of course, Easter Sunday is going to be here in our sanctuary, which is a problem for us. We mm-hmm. don't have enough space. Last year wasn't a problem because there's only, what, eight or nine of us were well, able to be in here, but... Oh, two years ago. Two, two years, years ago, ago yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. last year, I mean, we were full. We'll be full again. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, you know, the, the idea is um, um, we miss out on the opportunity for so many people who only come once a year just because we, we don't have a lot, of, a lot of space. So we're trying to do something about that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just for me, spiritually speaking, it's the highlight of the year. And I think even though the stories are familiar and, and, um, you know, I don't improvise, I don't try to come up with cute things. Um, I, I just think I'm firmly convinced that the story needs to be told in its basic simplicity. Um, just so that everybody understands. And we always, people always get saved here on Easter Mm -hmm. and I'm praying that's the case today. So that's what our, Good Friday and Easter Sunday is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to call us and talk to us about what yours is going to be, 340-9585. Paula? Yeah, you're right. I was a little caught off guard this morning. We're sitting at breakfast, and I'm trying to tell you what I was listening to on the radio program yesterday when you were talking about on, on Wednesday of Passion Week. There's really no big details, you know, other than Jesus was resting in Bethany. Um and he knew everything that was going to happen to him. And, you know, he's probably just praying and re- resting. And then in the middle of the night, I just was thinking that Jesus woke up that next morning and he says, you know, he's thinking, here I go. Here I go. Um, yeah, how, how, how do you get ready for that? Yeah. You wake up, you go to sleep Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Now, now, their mornings and evenings were different than ours. Yeah. But, but, but imagine going to bed Wednesday night. Yeah. You and I, we stay up really late. We sometimes make 10 o'clock. And <laughs> we made 11 last night. I was like, we were grown-ups, yeah. but we didn't get I'm, home from church till yeah, 9. <laughs> yeah, so, but but you go to bed, and and you know what awaits you tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm confident Jesus got no sleep. I'm sure he was in constant communication with his Father. Yeah. 
Um, but he would have woken up with such a heavy heart, uh, unsure. Now, we don't think of Jesus being unsure, though he knew what was going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. How does God, who is infinite, how does God contemplate finality? Mm-hmm. Um, um, how does Jesus, who has always been one with the Father, how does he face being forsaken mm-hmm. by his Father? Yeah. And that's why I was kind of emotional yeah. today, because he had set his face as flint. My word, resolved. I know what's going to happen. I know why. I love my father so much, and he loves, he loves me and the people so much that he sent his one and only son, me, Jesus, to do this. And so... He's going, he says, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to the cross. There's no turning back. After having been shown, shown all that would occur. And so as I was thinking about that, you know, because we're going to come to the cross tomorrow putting on our sins. You know, it's like, why do you have to put our sins on there? Is God asking us too much to walk in obedience to him? But we're still stupid, stinking flesh, and we sin. But, you know, um, I was thinking... Jesus only did what he saw his father do and only said what he heard his father say. But obedience to what his father would say mm-hmm. equals love. And that's mm-hmm. why he went. Yeah. The, the question you asked that goes in so many why do I put my sins on? What about grace? Mm-hmm. Um, see, that's the beauty of the cross. Nobody has to do anything. Judas didn't. Yeah. And this is a time, and, and perhaps for some people, Paul, it's the only time of the year where they actually allow their sins to become so personal that they recognize that this is what's separating me from the, the will of God in my life. This is what separates me from the power of God working in and through my life. Yeah. And I think, I think Paula, we, we need to, 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 on those times when the Lord is knocking at the door of our hearts, we need to let him do it. Yeah. We've got Glenn calling on line one from San Antonio. Glenn, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron and Paula, and uh, I just I just wanted to share Pastor a, a thought. Glenn, are you with us? Yeah, I'm right here. Uh-uh. Hello. Oh, maybe we're having some problems. And Joshua tried to call earlier, and, and Joshua, I'm sorry I talked right past, didn't even see it. So, um, Glenn, if you're there, I'll give you one more shot, and then we'll get you on the other side of the break. Okay, okay I'm, Paula, I'm here. About four minutes. Okay. So, you know what Jesus said? If any man come unto me, he must deny well, himself, some, take up his cross daily, and oh, follow okay. me. Did you hear me? Uh oh. Okay, Glenn, I can hear you now. Oh, okay, good. Uh, uh, I just wanted to share a thought I got you. Uh, and an encouragement for other people. Uh, we went out to dinner with our real good friends last night, and and we came back and and visited, and we've asked them to come to uh, Good Friday. The services tomorrow night, and they're really contemplating that, and we're hoping and praying that they'll come with us. And also, uh, my wife's son and his family are coming on Sunday, so I just want to encourage everyone out there. You know, if you really love everybody, you know, your family members, this is serious. You know, we don't know when the time when Jesus is coming back, but what better time than to be in church, you know, and to be with loved ones. So, just a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glenn, thank you. God bless you. From your lips to God's ears. Yeah, I that's a great that thought. the Lord will move on people's hearts. Yeah. Let's go to Jimmy calling online, too. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yeah, um, on my, um, my wife, Martha, she's uh, leaving in two weeks, and she's going to uh, Jerusalem. Oh, wow. Just pray, just, pray, just pray for her. She's been planning this for like three years. She's, she was supposed to go before um, and co- before COVID, but then COVID hit and then they had to postpone it. But she's going in two weeks. And um, I'm really happy for her. Tell her I'm, 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 yeah, me too, Jimmy. Tell her I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I hate traveling so much. It's so hard on me, but. But that's the one place that I would 
I would do whatever it took to go. So please give her my love, and I'll be praying for her. You know, right now, uh, Jerusalem is probably the safest place on earth to go. And, um, you know, we worry about that part of the world. Uh, but uh, Jerusalem, they, they will take such good care of her. It's going to be warm um, in Jerusalem this time of year. So tell her to be ready and to wear the most comfortable shoes because there's tons and tons of walking uphills and downhills. Uh, but, oh, Jimmy, what a, what a great, great time this will be for her. So thank you for letting us know, Jimmy. And tell me again, when did she leave? You said two weeks? Yeah, about two weeks, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's gone. Okay, very, very good. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless you. Have a happy, happy Resurrection Sunday. Well, Paul, and now we're inside a minute. So let's remind people, uh, if you want to stop by tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, our, our uh, Good Friday service will begin. If you do, you need to get here early, um, 6 to 6.15. Uh, in all likelihood, the weather's going to be fine, so it won't be too hot. Waiting outside, um, we'll open the doors and, and that process of naming our yep. sins to the cross yep. begins. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program. I'll see what Paula has on her heart for the last half of the show. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand up for life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. I again want to apologize, Joshua, to you. You called at the top of the program, and we just didn't see it. And I'm so sorry. It would never be rude. Uh, you are free to call back, and we'll we'll take your call immediately. For now, let's go to Cindy holding on line one from San Antonio. Cindy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama Paula and Pastor Ron. I um I wondered. Okay, now the word seder. Hi, is the word seder another word for the Passover? And the other thing is, uh, back in Colorado in like probably early mid seventies, I was really fortunate. I knew some really wonderful Christians, and we had a Passover. Now I can't remember all the all the uh, ingredients of of what we what we had. I remember there were bitter herbs, but the rest of it's kind of flown out the window for me. But I was wondering in the Old Testament if they did bread and wine during the Passover, and if you knew all the other ingredients for the Passover. So I'm I'm going to leave you with that, and I love you guys, and and almost happy Easter. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. Thanks very much. Um, the, the the seder is it, the, the the word um, means order. It, it'd be like um, going to a restaurant and making your order. It's a seder, and of course, this is uh, celebrated um, this time of year uh, in Jewish homes all over the world. Uh, Christian churches have adopted um, the tradition um, in many occasions as well, um, but. Uh, the ingredients. Now, I only know this because I'm looking it up. Um, uh, but the ingredients generally include gefilte fish. I've had that. Uh, that's potato fish dumplings. Uh, I went to college. Paul, my roommate was Jeffrey Bernstein uh, in in uh, at uh, what is now called Cal State Northridge. And uh, his mom's typical Jewish mom. She wanted to be sure we were fed, and so we'd go to his house in yeah. West L.A. Yeah. And um, uh, so I've had these things: gavelta fish and matzo ball soup, uh, brisket or roast chicken, um, potato kugel, which is really good. That's like a casserole, and then a stew of carrots and prunes. Sometimes includes potatoes or sweet potato. So that's a typical seder meal. Um, but but the import of this was the celebration. It wasn't actually the food. Uh, it was a celebration. They would have unleavened bread uh, because they had to prepare it quickly. Um, uh, they didn't have time to let the bread rise. 
Um, the yeast, you know, bread without yeast. Yeast is a picture of sin in the scriptures. So that's what the Passover Seder is all about. It and um, um, it's it's um, referring to the the activities, uh, the order of the service. That's where we get the term Seder. So thanks, Cindy. Appreciate that. And you know, we're not big here, Paul, about going back to our Jewish roots because we don't have any. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we keep running back to our Jewish Savior, yes. but but we, we're not all that into our Jewish roots. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we had a um, um, practicing Jew uh, come to our church for many years, and he cooked a Passover. He was a chef, and he cooked a Passover meal for us. And boy, did he ever pour his heart into that thing and he was so proud to be able to serve it to everybody mm-hmm. so it was a really neat experience for us yeah. you know we're talking about um, Good Friday and I'm just looking remembering from last Sunday's uh, study when you were in Matthew 21 when you get to verse 11 um, you said this you know because they said Jesus was a prophet and he's way more than a prophet um He is a man filled with love, passion, and power. And, uh, you know, most of the people rejected him because of what he taught. And before we were saved, that's exactly what we did. You know, don't talk about this Jesus guy because he's cramping my style. You know, I got, there's some things I want to do. And he, you talking about Jesus is making me uncomfortable, you know, kind of a thing. But Jesus, because Jesus said, blessed are the meek. Jesus said, love your enemies. Submit to the authorities over you. Who wants to do that? Forgive those who sinned against us. I mean, really? No, ain't nobody doing that, you know, kind of thing before you get saved. And so the question at the at the top of the study was, have you ever been disappointed in God? And so as we come to the cross, a whole lot of people have been disappointed in God. Their, their dreams, their desires have not been met, um, and yet trying to live life our own way has not proven very fruitful. And so, you know, people don't just come to church um, like a old happy day all the time. Usually the people come broken. That's why we pray for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, and the angry. They all show up eventually when they come to their senses. And so what I really want to... remind them, which is what you reminded us of, is, so we've been disappointed in him, yeah, but he's never been disappointed in us, and he's not, he's not disappointed in us, he's been disappointed for us, because when we choose to live life our own way, he already knows it's not going to work out, you know, and we end up going around that mountain again and again and again, though we keep trying to do it our own our own way. Somebody was saying the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, it it just doesn't work out. The only different result is things get worse, not better. So seriously, as you come to nail your sins on the cross, remember that's exactly why Jesus died. Yeah, and you know, Paul, I'm I'm hopeful that, uh, and you know, again, the Palm Sunday message is always the same. Uh, it's the same story, the same cast of characters. Mm-hmm. But but what I want people to do this week when they leave the Palm Sunday Bible study, I want them to be able to to apply those principles in their own lives. They need to think, well, okay, Lord, well, why am I disappointed in you? And uh, you know, our our friend Gail Irwin tells a story of being on an airplane. Uh, next to oh, next to somebody, yeah. he's, they're going to Las Vegas. Uh-huh. He was going to be Gail was going to be doing a, a men's conference in Las Vegas for for Calvary Chapel there. And he's sitting next to a guy. The guy was already got a drink in his hand, and and so uh, uh, Gail was friendly, talked to him a little bit. So finally, the guy looks at Gail and says, "So uh, what do you do?" <laughs> and Gail said, I have the best job in the whole world. Yeah. I get to travel the world telling people about Jesus. See? And this guy went ashen white. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason is, and he explained all this to him because the Holy Spirit was really working. This guy was a believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to meet a, a woman who wasn't his wife in Las <laughs> Vegas, going to have a weekend of sex and drinking and gambling. And mm-hmm. it was just going to be the fun time. He was really excited. And he looked at Gail and he said, why did you have to mention Jesus? Yep. That's what I'm talking about. See, I made it a point, and I don't know how well I communicate in cases like this, because sometimes the distinction between being disappointed in us and disappointed for us is lost. And while we get disappointed in God, and we'll voice it, God, why didn't you do this? God, why did I get sick? God, why didn't you answer this prayer? Why Mm -hmm. didn't you answer that prayer? Mm -hmm. We're disappointed in him, but he's never disappointed in us. And the first thing that happens when we want to get right with God is the enemy pours out all this condemnation and says, well, he's disappointed in you. You can't come to him now. And uh, what I want people to do is have a week to really think about, well, if I'm disappointed in him, why? What are my expectations? Sometimes, Paula, we treat Jesus like he's a concierge in a fancy hotel. Yeah. Uh, can you get this for me? I want to get this for me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, our prayers can sometimes become earnest and passionate, but we're asking for the wrong things with the wrong motives. And um, when we don't get those prayers answered because God can't answer the wrong heart, mm-hmm. when we don't get our prayers answered, then we, we express our disappointment in Jesus. That's exactly what happened uh, in the crowd that, that first Palm Sunday um, they knew Jesus was the, the Christ. They knew he came at exactly the right moment. They knew he was riding the, the right animal uh, in fulfillment of the prophecies of Zechariah. Um, they were expecting him, but they didn't want him. Mm-hmm. And when in verse 10 in that passage of Scripture last week said, uh, the people asked, who is this? And really what they're asking, who is it? Mm-hmm. They, they knew the Christ was coming, the Messiah was coming, but they didn't want it to be Jesus. Yeah. And the reason is because Jesus said to love your enemies. They wanted to be delivered from Rome. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to make peace with Rome. They mm-hmm. wanted to wipe Rome out. That's what the, the Messiah was going to do. They didn't want a, a Messiah who was going to interfere in their religious organizations. And Jesus said, no, no, no I've come to overturn those tables. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to do that. And I think the, the real difficulty is that we've got to be honest enough this week especially we got to be honest enough to say, Lord, uh, forgive me. My disappointment in you has been one thing and one thing only. You didn't do what I wanted. Yeah. And we forget sometimes that he's good. And when he says no, some of those are going to be the best answers to prayers we ever had. Yep, yep. In fact, uh, Pastor Chuck tells a story about <laughs> on the same kind of line. He'd been praying, Lord, I want that girl. I want her to be my wife. When he first went to yeah. the Bible class. Uh-huh. Please, Lord, let her be the one. Well, the Lord said no. Well, he went to a, a reunion, what, 20 years later? No, it was like 30 or 30 40 years, years later. later. Okay. Well, he went to that reunion, and he saw that lady, and then he turned around to the Lord and said, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Lord. See, God's trying to protect us. He knows our future. He knows what's best, and if we will remember that he really does have our best interest in his heart, we will stop questioning. I mean, the, you know, the, and I feel bad because I'm married to you, but there's those ladies, you know, who's like, am I ever going to find a husband, you know? And then there's others. You know, some of these people have, uh, this is my number, I just say this. Some of these people have 27 kids, and I can't have one, you know? And the Lord... Disappointed for you in in some of those things too, but he does know. And can we learn to be content? You know, I'm praying for the people who are are so sick, you know, or so um, infirmed at home where they they can't go anywhere. They can't. Not that they don't want to. I mean, it's, it's they want to. They just can't. Well, praise the Lord for live stream. Um, but yeah, they got to be a little bit disappointed sometimes too. I just want to go to church, Lord. He said, well, you're awake and you're breathing, and I I provided you live stream. Can we be content with that? That's why I was emotional today, not that I'm infirmed or anything, but he woke me up again today. There's something that I get to do today for the Lord, and I want to learn to be content and even more grateful, no matter, you know, I got some pains going on, 
nothing compared to many other people. Thank you, Lord. You know, I want to be grateful. And um, coming to the cross, even tomorrow, not that I have any really outstanding, blatant sin, but I want to be more grateful. And I need to, I really need to practice that. That that would be a good thing, Paula, for everybody to put on their their piece of paper, uh, whatever else they're going to put on there. Mm -hmm. Lord, I want to be more grateful. Let me give you something to be grateful about. Okay? Yep. Um, At about the same time, now we're in different time zones and different centuries, but about the same time zone that Jesus is leaving the, the upper room to go into the Garden of Gethsemane, at the same time, he's crossing over the bloody uh, Kidron Brook. Um, you're going to be here tonight preparing for worship on Easter Sunday. Yeah. So you're, you're going to be able to, to be worshiping, preparing. Um, so just as Jesus was preparing for Good Friday, I, tonight you'll be preparing for Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. And, uh, you know, can imagine the smile of God. I get to worship the Lord, even in rehearsal. I love our worship teams. Pastor Elaine is just, you know, he's a crybaby too. But he loves the Lord so much, and he leads us. And so, though it's worship practice, you know, worship preparation, even when we mess up, it's it's worship because... It's for him. And how we pray on worship practice is, Lord, we're worshiping you now. You don't care about the mistakes we make. But we don't want to be a distraction <laughs> for the people on Sunday. But even if we, like every once in a while, we might sing the wrong word or, you know, Pastor Lane can get emotional and then Jocelyn has to, you know, because he's crying because he can't sing and she has to come in on, behind him or, or, any of us, you know, we're worshiping him no matter if it's worship practice. When I woke up today, I was like, I get to go to worship practice tonight. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah, and see, it doesn't matter that there aren't, uh, you know, hundreds or thousands of people in the seats. It's it's worshiping God. Yeah. And 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 tonight you can think about the fact that, that Jesus is walking across that Kidron Brook going into the garden of Gethsemane to pour out his soul before his father. Father, if there's any way this cup can pass for me. And and he was forbidden three times. The answer is no, the answer is no, the answer is no. And and Jesus, of course, nevertheless, thy will, not my will be done. And that ultimately affected um, people throughout generations. It affected you and it affected me. The, The choice Jesus made to be obedient. He set his face as flint to go to Jerusalem knowing what was going to happen to him, um, it's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, well, you know this, when the angel of death was passing by in the movie, which one is it? The Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, yeah. And the, the people are all in the in the house, and the, the green fog is coming, and, you know, the, the elder man of the house, he's leading his family in encouragement, you know, the glory of the Lord will shine forth, you know. Um, the angel of death will pass us by, you know. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I usually, yeah, I usually am saying that, you know, in little kids and some who maybe are are not quite as faithful. It's like, oh, daddy, daddy, are we going to be okay? The glory of the, you know, <laughs> of the Lord. Um, but that's how it is for us. The Lord is taking care of us. And, you know, I just want to encourage, like, you, you, you've you been telling the men forever, it's not your wife's job to lead the kids to the Lord. It's not your wife's job to take them to church. It's not your wife's job to read the Bible to them. It's, it's the guy's job. And so for those of you who maybe have been lacking in that area, you can come to the cross tomorrow, you know. Put that on that piece of paper. And put that on that piece of paper and say, Lord, I'm resolving to do the best by the power of your spirit um, to lead my family. Man, when, when a man gets saved here, you should see there's so many wives. We look at each other like the whole family is going to be better off. Yeah. You know, 
So, you know, I'll, I'll somebody has to write in that paper tomorrow in that situation. Paul is forgive me, Father. I have failed in my duties as a leader yeah. representing you in my home. Yeah. Uh, that's going to change. Yeah. Nail that to the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the validity given mm-hmm. uh, by the, the empty tomb. The fact of the empty tomb yeah. is overwhelming. Yeah. I have, I have a, one lady in particular who her husband made that resolution and he's been sticking with it. She told me a week or so ago, she goes, I am falling in love with him all over again. She said, I just can't get over it. It's just been wonderful. And then on the other foot, because you always have to be even and, and equal, for those women who have been maybe kind of like the Proverbs 14, one second part, um, Proverbs 14, one says, a wise woman builds up her house, but with her own hands, um, the foolish one tears hers down. And so if you've been a foolish wife, you haven't been respecting or building your husband up, you know, um, you can nail that to the cross as well. One year I went to one of the pastor's wives conferences in California, and one of the pastors just what he and his wife were having, I guess, some issues. And he just said, you know, I know you love me, um, and I love you, but I want you to look in the refrigerator, and I want you to look in the pantry and look around our home. Am I first on the list, or is it the kids? And then he went to work. She looked in the pantry and in the refrigerator and around the house, and it was pretty much all and only about the kids. Their snacks, their their clothes were clean and put away and, you know, um, and she had to do some, and this is her confessing this. She said, oh my goodness, I had totally put my husband pretty much down on the list. Yeah. You know, for, for women, Paula, who are disappointed in their husbands, and there's a ton of them, uh, we men typically are jerks. <laughs> and and I think that's one of the things that we got to say, Lord, this is the gift you gave me. And I'm going to be faithful to you regardless of what he does. Yeah. And then like the one that you talked about, the woman who said, I'm falling in love with him all yeah. over again. Yeah. Uh, that's the work that God wants to do. Yeah. Well, Paula, we're running out of time. we got Ray holding on line one. So, Ray, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Well, happy good weekend here. Uh <laughs> yeah, it is a good weekend. Um, I was, hi. I was, hi. I was pondering uh, when they were in the upper room, and uh, uh, Jesus had said, "Well, one of you's gonna, you know, betray me." And uh, they're all back and forth with each other. Who is it? Is it you? Is it me? And and and. Uh, so the one that was leaning on his chest always, <laughs> they they, they yeah. prodded him to uh, ask, who is it? And, and his answer was, uh, the one that uh, I dip this piece of bread in the, in the bowl and give it to. And uh, when he had done that, it, it says that uh, when Judas took that, that moment was when Satan entered him. And I'm, I was just, I'm puzzled yes. by that as to, you know, what, what, what is the incremental effect of that? And I'll listen on the, on the radio. Thank you, Ray. God bless you. Um, a couple of things. One, um, you know, uh, the, the, the enemy had been behind the scenes pulling Judas's strings all along. Uh, Judas gave him a foothold when he was stealing from the from the treasury. Um, uh, Judas was always the one there stirring, uh, or Satan was always the one there stirring Judas up to cause trouble and division in the ranks. You know all the acrimony mm-hmm. that that we read about in the gospel accounts. So at some point, Satan was exercising greater and greater influence over Judas, and at this point. Um, uh, having made the deal with the religious leaders, um, having made the agreement to to to, to identify Jesus with a kiss, um, in that upper room, 
um, he was fully given over to Satan, and that's when Satan um, controlled him completely. Um, Jesus said he was the son of perdition from the beginning. And, uh, Ray, that's when um, when um, Satan had complete control over Judas. Uh, we give our little bits of our heart to, to the devil. He's never going to be satisfied until he has it all. And Judas, though he didn't have to walk that path, he chose to do so. Good question, Ray. Yeah. Thanks very much. And just very much. like the pigs, pig suicide, that's what happened with Judas yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's always Satan's end. Yeah. Well, Paula, now we're inside of two minutes. So why don't you share your heart, anything you want to say in the last couple of moments? Well, in the last couple of moments, I will say this. We have been having quite a few people show up to Calvary Chapel San Antonio, and um, we're, we're thrilled about that. Um, and yet I haven't been able to meet them all, which kind of bugs me. You know, I want to know everybody. But um, for... Resurrection Sunday, we're having our three services here, 8.30, and 11.59, and I would love to meet everybody. We got to meet a couple of people who've been radio listeners um, just last week. Uh, it's really awesome. But, yeah, we'd love to be able to meet you and, and spend a great family reunion day with well, you. We're, we're not going to have any meet and greet Sunday. So you're going to be on the stage the whole time. The whole so time. tell people to get here early or stay here a little bit late if they want to meet okay, you. Okay, I'm going to be on the stage. So wave to me and I'll wave back. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll find a way. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in tomorrow. Reminder: We're going to have a rebroadcast of the show on Good Friday. Uh, our service is at seven o'clock. Wherever you go to church, go to Good Friday service. Please don't miss it. And then come early, both for Good Friday and Sunday services, 8.30, 10.15, and 11.59. Hey, thanks for tuning in. May the Lord bless you on this wonderful, most blessed of weekends. Have a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be back on Monday live on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.